Let's get into Division Two. All right. So, as you all know, I am a graduate of Fort Valley State University, class of 2019, media studies graduate. I carry it around in my wallet. I got a little mini pocket degree. Everybody didn't get that. Okay. I got a little mini pocket degree. I pull out my I pull out my wallet and 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 I pay for my groceries. And you see, I went to Fort Valley. <laughs> Why you see that? Be nice to have a pocket degree. You know, I guess A and T doesn't. They don't care about us. Like they gave us our little placeholder and our big piece of paper. They said pocket degrees. I said, well, dog, we must not, must not be y'all. We must not be important to get somewhere I could just pull it out. Like, hey. Well, what I will say is that I didn't know I had a pocket degree. I dropped like you know the Manila like folder or like the box it came in, and then the card came out, and I looked like, oh, it's a mini degree. So maybe you threw it away. Maybe it was there the whole time. I don't, I don't know because I almost never rocket degree. All right, but I, but it's there. It's still in my wallet to this day. If it's been repaid almost three years, it's still in my wallet. All right, and I'm proud of it. Fort Valley and proud. So I have a lot of love for D two, and I actually, or I think I told you this offline. I actually commentated um, a Fort Valley football game. It wasn't great. I'm a basketball guy. It was terrible. And we did lose to Virginia University in Lynchburg. 2018 was a very rough time for us. Um, but, you know, I did come to the football game. So I, I, I sort of covered football and I was ESPNU campus connection reporter. And I covered the FAMU Fort Valley game in which we lost 41 to 7. But still, it was a lot of losses, but not now. Okay. We'll talk about that in a second. All right. But let's go on and just run it down. So, Benedict versus savannah state benedict is like that they are the real deal and y'all I, I think that they very well could make it out the Sayak east it's gonna go through albany state albany state is the current champion they've been the champions for a minute because they bested fort valley on multiple occasions at the found city classic and they've dominated with their defense coach gabe gardena is doing amazing but benedict they've always been sneaky contenders but I think they want the crown now. And they really think that this is the time. And I believe it's the time as well. Because Savannah State just came back from D1. And they had a lot of D1 athletes when they transferred over. And Savannah State ran the table. They beat Albany. They beat Fort Valley. They beat they beat Benedict. They beat all these teams that were in the SIAC East in 2019. Of course, 2020, we didn't play. 2021, they still did well. They beat Fort Valley. I think they beat Benedict. But they lost to Albany State in dominant fashion. So the year that they finally could have made it to the SIAC championship, they didn't. But now I think that we're seeing a D2 version of Savannah State. You know, like they've had a lot of close games in games I believe they should have won. They've had a lot of close games. The Edward Waters game should be a little bit scary because Savannah State should be contenders. And Edward Waters is getting better, but Savannah State should have outright won that game. So to win that game by a close margin, it had me a little bit scared, but I, I was thinking that, hey, this is going to be a, a, like a turning point in this season where Savannah State, if they win this game, it's going to come through Georgia. Fort Valley, Albany, or Savannah, it's coming through Georgia. Now, South Carolina might be the place where the SIAC championship is at. And literally, I think the SIAC East is going to be hosting the championship this year. So it very well, this very well might mean that Benedict, if they do win the SIAC East, they'll be hosting the SIAC championships. They literally will host it on their campus. You know, so we'll see, you know, what it's looking like. But Benedict dominated Savannah State in every aspect of the offensive side of the ball. They read in all the rushing and passing categories. And they had a very run-heavy offense that opened up, you know, the passing game. It wasn't a heavy passing game from the quarterback. But the run game, like just Savannah State, could not stop them. It was a heavy defensive battle. It was a, a scoreless game going into halftime. 
but Benedict just came out and started clicking on every cylinder and they beat Savannah State 24 to 6. For me, the players of the game was Zaire Scotland and then DeAndre Duhart, but really the running back room, like they was, they was in there making it happen. They got 212 rushing yards. 212. They went in and they killed it. They they played like like six, seven running backs. I think I went out there and ran, and ran a touchdown in. Now, at this point, I, I might have went out there and made that. I, I might have got some yards. I might have got two yards. At this point, they, they played everybody. I, th- I think they got some folks out the stands. Come out, going in. And, and it's running in on Savannah State's defense. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, at this point. But Zaire Scotland, he had 112 yards on 22 carries, one touchdown, no loss. And you had De- DeAndre Duhart. He had 57 yards on six carries, one touchdown, no losses. I think that the no loss part is really what, what it is for me because everything they did, when they touched that ball, it was a game. And I, we love to see that. You know what I'm saying? So, Benedict, I'm telling you, people are starting to wake up. I've, I've already been awake. It's been like 3 o'clock. I've been up. I've been watching. Okay? So, for me, I think it's going to come down, man. These, ne- these next two games – Fort Valley's homecoming next week. I might or might not be there. All right, but I'll be watching. Nevertheless, so listen, Benedict might ruin our homecoming on October the 1st. If they beat Fort Valley, it's almost like a video game. If they beat Fort Valley, it's time for the final boss. And the final boss is Albany State, the Golden Rams. That's dominated the SIAC this millennium. What's going to happen? We don't know. But I'm telling you, these next two, these next games, like Benedict, I think is going to win this weekend. But these next games, Fort Valley and Albany, we could see a new SIAC champion, and we'll really see what happens moving forward. But let's talk about Howard and Morehouse. Y'all, I was wrong. Ariel, I was wrong, all right? And I'm perfectly fine with being wrong. I thought Morehouse was going to show and prove. They did not, okay? Morehouse lost 31-0 to on CNBC. They didn't get the bag. Why was it on CNBC? I have no idea. I was like, man, it could have been, a, like, I mean, maybe I could have did Peacock. It was on CNBC. And then you know what they had on CNBC earlier? They had the Deion Sanders undercover boss episode. That was very smart. That was what was up. You know what I'm saying? I didn't watch it, but it's recorded. I'll watch it later. All right? But I was really wrong. All right? So 0-0 going into halftime. So it was a defensive battle. And I think that Howard just came out and started to score. And I just I think that Morehouse got tired. Uh, I don't think that Morehouse is the school that people are making them out to be like, well, they just suck and they're terrible. Morehouse is not that. I've seen Morehouse get better over the years. Like I said, they destroyed Fort Battle last year. And then in 2018, while we did beat them at the end of the season, man, Morehouse was contending. Morehouse is getting better, and they're bringing in a lot of amazing players. So don't sleep on Morehouse. They lost to Howard. Howard won. They did pretty well. I'm still sort of nervous because it took y'all to the second half to beat Morehouse. And not because they're D2, but because, I mean, come on, Howard. Like, come on, I thought that they would have, you know, the opportunity to play better because they played well against South Florida. But my big thing is that don't sleep on Morehouse. Morehouse is good. This is not indicative of who they are. Like like Coach Prime said, this is not indicative of who we are, okay? That's not how he said I, I, I totally agree with Morehouse, okay? It's not indicative, okay? But I'm going to say Fort Valley and Allen for the end. Let's talk about the CIAA real quick. Shaw versus Bowie. Shaw beat Bowie, the reigning defending CIAA champions and they and Bowie heading to the game. They were number 20 in the D2 polls. Now here's the thing we have to understand. This Bowie team is still good, but head coach for the past few years, Damon Wilson, that led them to three straight CIAA championships. He left Bowie this summer to go be the head coach at Morgan state and Morgan state's doing really well. As of course you've talked about before, Ariel. So 
Damon Wilson's over there at Morgan State. So now it's a new regime at Bowie. And normally when it's a new regime and it's change, sometimes change is hard. Sometimes it's it's hard to adjust to where you are. So Bowie, they had a little bit of a problem, like, you know, trying to make things happen. So, you know, I wonder if the coaching shakeup is going to affect Bowie moving forward and also if this will affect them and how they finish. But I don't think Bowie played a bad game. Like Bowie was playing pretty well, and they did well. And Shaw, they came into the game 0-2. I don't know if maybe Bowie was looking past Shaw, but Shaw came out and they made it a close game. They played an amazing game, and it came down to a late fourth quarter touchdown and an interception. I love defense. They came, it came out to an interception, and they made it happen. But here's the thing. The big thing is that Bowie played a good game, but Shaw held Bowie to 101 yards rushing, which is key because Bowie is a great running team. And my player of the game, my player of the game is Jaden Clark. So Jaden Clark is a defensive player. He had seven solo tackles and the interception in the game. Clutch. Defense is clutch too. He got the interception that capped off the upset. But I want to go back to Howard Morris because I forgot the player of the game. So the player of the game for Howard Morehouse is Howard's Quentin Williams. He's a starting quarterback. He was 21 of 27, 221 yards, two touchdowns, 77% passing. How did I forget that? How did I forget that? He did that for Howard. That's crazy. So I want to just go back to that. Quentin Williams player of the game for Howard. But for Shaw and Bowie, when Shaw won 17 to 14, Jaden Clark, you did that, man. But real quick, before we get into our games of the week, let's talk about Fort Valley, okay? We're 3-0 for the first time since 2004. But at the same time, <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I feel like Deion Sanders. We should dominate, okay? Maybe, maybe, we, maybe we're not living up to the NFL. We don't want to be great. We don't want to go to the NFL <laughs> like Ricardo Lockett and Marquette King, who should be playing for the Bills real soon. Maybe we don't want to be like them. Maybe we just want to be good, not great. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe I feel the same way. Maybe I need to go to, to, to the halftime room. Maybe I need to speak to them pregame, zoom in, when they go to play Bluefield next week. But Fort Valley, listen, we should be contending. Savannah State lost, and we are, but we should be going out like the Allison is quarter point. When we saw that Savannah lost, that means that we really can snatch one because Savannah is going to be good in the next few years. They, they got a new coach. They're going to get a new recruiting cycle. Savannah is going to be a thorn in our side, and it looks like we're going to be playing some classic games against them because, because the game against Savannah is going to be in Macon. I might be there. It's going to be in Macon, Georgia. So these games are going to be key. So for Fort Valley, you got to really go out there and win these games because you lose this game. This makes that Benedict game, like, very pivotal. You know, but they did win this game 29 to 27. I'm glad, but I'm not satisfied. Because Allen scored 14 points in the second quarter, and they were up 21 to 10. And, man, when I tell you, I almost turned off the game. But to be fair, I did because it was other HBCU games on. So I actually did turn the game. But not in frustration, though. Not in frustration. I was trying to catch it with everything, and I was working too. You know, but at the same time, it's, I'm like, listen for that. I'm gone. I'm done. But then they came back. It was a good game. I, li- I like good games, but at the same time, I would prefer if Fort Valley in the fourth quarter, man, they had pulled away because it was too close for comfort for me. Because I think in, in, in that first quarter, I, I think that they got a little bit too happy, and, and I think that they got too pass happy and they didn't trust the run game. But in the second half, Fort Valley contained Allen. And that is the perfect thing that they have to do in the in the SIAC is they have to contain their opponents and really make the defense work. And they, and they call it the blue depth defense. Fort Valley has to lock these teams down. But for me, 
I did say this, and, and I want to say maybe I, they proved me wrong, but I was a little bit wrong because my guy, Kelvin Durham, he's the quarterback for Fort Valley. He was 20 or 32 for 334 yards, three touchdowns. He was a player of the game for me for Fort Valley. He can throw. Okay. Uh, he, he can throw. He can run. I guess, I guess he is a dual three. I guess he is Lamar Jackson. Man, if Lamar Jackson played for Fort Valley, oh my gosh, tell you, oh man, that'd, be, that'd be lit. But I guess we do have Lamar Jackson for Fort Valley because he threw the ball. He was doing his thing. Three touchdowns, but I do want to highlight his receivers. Fralin Warren, six receptions for 146 yards. And Corin Edmonds, seven receptions for 143 yards. Both of them got a touchdown. So I like Fort Valley's offense. We haven't had an explosive offense like this in years. So I'm, you know what? Do I think Albany will beat us? Possibly. But I'm encouraged for the first time, you know, going into this class for the first time since 2016. And I want to just say this is, we don't got time for you to tell this story. I'll tell this later. But I did, I was at the Thong City Classic, but I did not see the Thong City Classic because I was outside waiting for Tom Joyner because we, we were, the, we were the, the, the school of the week <laughs> for the Tom Joyner Foundation. And I was told Tom Joyner was coming down. I was out there waiting for Tom Joyner. It was his son, Tom Joyner third. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it was his son. So I didn't get a chance to meet Tom Joyner. But I was like, I don't even like football like that. No way. I want to meet Tom Joyner. You know what I'm saying? Like, but yeah, that's the last time we won. I didn't even see it. You know what I'm saying? But HU game, they had, had, you know, they had the highlights. So it was all good. So I saw it from there. But I got to say this really quickly, Ariel, before we move on to our games of the week. I got to show love, like I said before, to Allen's quarterback, David Wright. He is like that. He was 26 or 37, threw for 295 yards, two touchdowns. I think that the turnaround is going to be predicated for Allen on quarterback play. And I think that you have a baller in David Wright. So Allen is not a bad team. They just got their football team back, but they're like that. So for me, that's the D2 wrap up. We're going to see what's going on. And I'll tell you my games of the weekend D2. So really quickly, D2, I'm looking at Albany versus Clark Atlanta. Here's a fun fact for you, Ariel. In the history of the illustrious Clark Atlanta University has so many amazing alumni, like Spike Lee, for example, Pinky Cole. We love Slutty Vegan. I need, I need to get Slutty Vegan. I've never had that before, um, but I want to get it soon when I go back to, up to Atlanta. But how about Clark Atlanta has only beaten Albany State four times in their history? Four times, like in history, not like in the past four years, in their history. So now they have head coach Willie Slater, who was a, is a legendary um, SIAC coach. He was the coach at Tuskegee before Ruffin took over at Tuskegee, and they got you know a really huge win over West Alabama. So we want to salute them as well. I didn't, I didn't get a chance to watch that game, but that was a really pivotal game and a really big upset. And Tuskegee has 700 wins in their school program's history, which is the fourth most in HBCU history. You know what I'm saying? So Tuskegee's like that, and and Willie Slater's the reason why. So Willie Slater, I think he needs a recruiting cycle and a recruiting class to really get some players to play up up there with the Panthers and really make it happen. Um, and they've had some really close and tough games. They had a tough game against Edward Waters. They lost in dominant in, in dominating fashion. Lane College dominating them. You know, so uh, Lane College beat them, and I think Lane College is going to be a sneaky team in the West. But the big thing is that. Can Clark Atlanta pull off an upset against Albany? You know, they haven't beaten them only four times in their history. And they have a legendary coach that I wish he would have came to Fort Valley because I was like, that'd be great. He beat us in, in, in the side championship. Then he comes to lead us. That's some, that's some good stuff. But he went to Clark Atlanta. We got Sean Gibbs, and I'm happy with that A&T Aggie Sean Gibbs. I'm happy with him. But 
let's be real. Albany's gonna win. Let's be real. Let's be real. <laughs> not this year. <laughs> not this year. Bro. Not this year. The losing streak continues. I'm sorry. It's, it's gonna continue for a little minute. Albany State is gonna be Clark Atlanta. I love Clark Atlanta. Shout out to all my Clark Atlanta folks. We got three Clark Atlanta students that's currently working with the HBCU Post team. Shout out to Kenneth. Shout out to Rachel. Shout out, shout out to Ariana. All right. But at the same time, y'all, come on, man. Come on, man. Maybe I'll be Fort Valley or something, but not Albany. I'm not going to lie to you. And I'm being objective. Maybe Fort Valley. Like we, we y'all, y'all beat us one time because we dominated y'all too. Y'all beat us back 2018. It was sad. But at the same time, y'all ain't beating Albany, man. Let's be real. <laughs> Come on. Let's get real. Let's wake up. Okay. Let's wake up. <laughs> so Albany wins that. And then we're going to see what happens against Benedict in a couple weeks. Uh, but CIAA, Fayetteville State versus Virginia Union. All right. So Fayetteville State. They're a D2 powerhouse. And a lot of folks don't realize that a lot of folks aren't paying attention to D2, but they have contended with Bowie. Because, of course, you can't win the championship without having another team to compete against. I know with the MEAC, you know, you have your champion without a game, but that's not typical of other conferences. And the Seattle is not like that. Bowie didn't play themselves. They played Fayetteville State. And Fayetteville State is like that. They've always fallen to Bowie, but Bowie, their coach, Coach Wilson, is going to Morgan. So now it's like, is is it wide open? Is the CIAA wide open a little bit where now they can dominate? Can they make it happen? Is this their year? But Virginia Union, you want to be, if you want me to be honest, they're reminding me of Benedict in the SIAC. They're reminding me of Benedict where like Virginia Union starting to, to compete. They got some good wins under their belt. They beat Valdosta. And I think that they see an opening as well and they want to dominate and they want to make things happen. So, I want to see what's going to happen in this game, and I'm going to be locked in watching this game. This might get my TV. It comes on at 4 p.m. on Saturday. It might be on my TV. You know what I'm saying? It's an honor to be on Randall's TV because I got the HDMI cord from Family Dollar, okay? Or Dollar General, actually. That was Dollar General. So, listen, you on my TV, you like that, all right? So, I think that Jada Byers is the key. He had 319 rushing yards and three touchdowns versus Valdosta. And then he had 199 rushing yards and one touchdown in that blowout versus Livingstone. So if Jada Bryars gets out, Virginia Union's going to win this. But Fayetteville State has a great defense. Of course, they have Joshua Williams that got, that got drafted this year from D2. So they have some great defense, and they have a, a great quarterback manning them. So I really think that's going to be a good game. Honestly, this is tough. Oh, this is tough. I want to be wrong. Mm, I want to be wrong. I think I think Jada Byers and Virginia Union wins this in a tough game. In a tough game, they're like Benedict. They're like it's a new sheriff in town. You know what I'm saying? At least for the next this year, next year y'all can come back, but this year, nah, it's us. So that's what I'm thinking for D two. 